Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Check us out on the web at boldenterprises.com. Hey, where we've come to the conclusion of a series on workplace culture, looking at the whole, kind of thinking systemically. How did we end up with a place with all these characteristics? So we've tried to break it down, look at it in parts, our values, our practices, and the atmosphere we've created, whether we know it or not. And today we're focusing on what we can do to coexist in these workplace cultures, whether it's to embody a value that we like or try to change those that are not productive or helpful to our business, our team. Exactly. We can feel like a battleship that's impossible to turn sometimes, or we can feel we're not the supervisor and we're not the owner, and so we have no voice in how these things play out. But not all aspects of the ethos of a workplace are really that tightly controlled from the top. A lot of them just kind of end up that way by the way everyone shows up, and we have more control than we think we do. Well, and the reality is that the control is in our everyday work situation. And if there are different practices that aren't working with our business values or business goals, someone in charge would like to hear this. Exactly. So today we'll speak briefly just in three areas, how we can show up differently and, as you said, embody a different set of values or how we can collaborate with others and kind of recognize people similar to ourselves and partner in that. And then thirdly, being able to talk to those who do have control and some power about ideas we might have for how something that does require authority we don't have to change. Great. Well, let's get started, Carl. Well, let's just start with ourselves because that's our main focus always at Bold Enterprises is no excuses. I accept responsibility for how I show up and I don't blame others. Others are factors and the systems of factors and the structures of factor. But ultimately, I have to choose how I'm going to behave each day. And I have complete control over that. And even in the most stressful situation, I can choose to have an up attitude, crack a joke. We have a variety of things where we can just engage with the situation differently. So let's give the example of the doctor's office. Let's say I'm a receptionist at a doctor's office. I find that in general, my office mates tend to get frustrated with clients, patients that get angry. I can decide for myself not to get angry, but be more empathetic. Exactly. And you can go ahead and be that way in front of them without attacking them or confronting them or saying, we all need to be more empathetic here, or I don't want to work here anymore. Let them watch the impact it has. So for yourself, you get to treat people the way you think they should be treated. And for the office, it will start to rub off. You will be surprised. Even as negative behaviors rub off and spread like a virus, so positive, constructive things can catch on. And I I did have a situation like this where I was at a particular place, you know, these nameless places that we don't specify, but I had an interaction with a person and the other person that was kind of this mean, nasty person for whatever reasons, I don't, you know, just basically stressed out, was upset at me for treating this person nicely. Interesting. And she said, don't do that. They're taking advantage of you. They're, you know, manipulative. They think they can get away with anything. And that's when I realized, oh, this isn't that this person hates all people, is that she's had some bad experiences with certain clients, let's say, that have sort of tainted her view of interacting with them. And she's forgotten the human element and the fact that all people aren't like that. That's a great point. So we're not only taking charge and owning our own behavior, but in trying to figure out what, why other people are doing what they're doing, we can get in their shoes 
and see it through their eyes. And even if we don't agree with it, you've just uh, demonstrated the power of understanding, at least understanding where they're coming from. To which I still felt like I told her, you know, that person that I didn't have to respond in like-mindedness only because someone was rude to me. But the power of it is it deflated all the negative power that the interaction had the potential of having. It wasn't this all or nothing thing. This is how we treat people here. and You're not treating them that way right now. It became a small thing just between the two of you, just about that instance, you each approaching it from your own thing. And it diffuses a lot of the all or nothing feelings that get involved when we feel attacked or someone's different than us. So just saying how I'm going to arrive and um, I'm going to be this kind of person, and I'm going to insert humor in my day, or I'm going to set aside some time to focus on a single project and see it all the way through. You, f- you find those things that you can do, and you start trying them and see what works for you, and not wait until someone else with power gets it or sees it your way and is willing to change the system. You could be waiting a long time. Yeah. And if you can just change what affects you daily, even in the little things, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it makes you feel more powerful. It lets you see, I'm a factor here too. Now let's take that to its next level. Let's get it to spread a little. Now we don't mean like spread, like get everyone to be like you. Our next step is being able to identify people similar to ourselves. Maybe somebody with the same working style, maybe somebody with a similar value, maybe somebody who you have a competitive office and you found another person who likes to help out and you might buddy up, so to speak. I also think of maybe an example where you might have schedules that with somebody else that may makes more sense that you would switch those schedules. Let's say you have something more in the afternoon, they like coming in late, yet you're responsible maybe for a particular time, place in an office or in a business, but really working that out to your mm. best advantage. So you've noticed that you have differing lifestyles and so you can swap schedules. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you look for these things and you look for the type of people that fit into them and you, you help each other or you say we're both going to, how about if we both try? You're partnering. Partnering, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the next meeting, let's both get chatty. It won't be rude and telling the uh, supervisor that they drone on continuously and treat everybody to a monologue, but it's a, a way of interacting in a way that's still true to what the meeting's about, but you're going to have these two people kind of bantering as well as the person. And that's, you, know, you try that together and see if that supervisor engages and that actually gets participation going. Well, that's a wonderful way to feel like you have an effect. It's not necessarily kind of a a bold power move, but it's just a way to really generate a different type of attitude in your own work situation. Sure. You know, I notice that you have such and such a deadline at this time of the month and I have a big project coming up and I was, how about if I help you with set aside my stuff and come over and, and we'll both focus on yours and then at the end of the month, how about if you come over and we focus on this? And so you you find somebody at a similar situation and you make something work out, even if it's not how the team is structured. Well, let's talk about the last one. This seems probably the most uh, intimidating, actually, to talk find someone who has a certain amount of power to talk with and sort of bring up maybe these discrepancies in values and practices. You know, it's often the team that sees what's working and what's not working best. And supervisors kind of think everything takes care of itself because everyone does kind of live with what doesn't work and adjusts. And so um, it's not always in their awareness that things could be better. And 
but there isn't a way to get these ideas out of people. And so we have to take the initiative. We don't take the initiative because our bosses are often, some of them are insecure and receive ideas not as contributions, but as criticism. Some bosses are sincerely under the impression that everything's been working fine because no one's told them anything yet, and you're the first one, so they don't agree with you, and they shut you down. And so it becomes a challenge with how to bring this information. And So how do we do it? Well, you know what? We do it as their ally. Boy, there's so much in our workplace culture that pits um, people with power against those without power, as if you're against your employees or your boss is against you and it's this battle. But actually, if you go ahead and take the initiative and become an ally, be on their side and structure your communication that way, you'd be amazed at how willing to listen your boss will be. And that's as simple as articulating one of their values and saying, I have an idea for how to we can accomplish that. Well, and I think it's important to note that just as we talk about the kind of believing in the values as a leader in order for that to really be influential to your workers, as a worker, you have to believe in the value too. You can't go criticize something that you don't believe in. If you countered your own thing to play your own game to get something that you want, that will backfire against you ultimately. And if in our exercises you find that you're in a situation where you really don't, your values don't line up with the work or the values of the place at all, then that's maybe a clue to not being a part of that. Yeah, it's time to move on. This isn't the company for you. It's it's never going to be the kind of place that you want to work. It's a place that they want to work, and they've structured it that way, and they like it that way, and it's going to stay that way. But given that things have room for improvement, we want to make a a starting try. If you're going to go to someone with an idea, the best way to communicate it is to state it as dovetailing with helping make happen some goal that that leader is trying to act on themselves. I know you are want uh, the team to be collaborating more and people have kind of gotten to the isolated silos where they kind of defend their own territory. I was thinking that if we tried X, Y, and Z, that would encourage us to collaborate, whereas our current system um, almost encourages us to compete. That way your idea is not, well, what you've been doing is obviously not working. I hope you get it. That immediately makes people defensive and sets them against you. So be an ally. Articulate your ideas in terms of where the company is already going, and um, that will diffuse the the feeling of criticism that a new idea might otherwise um, suggest. Great. Well, I think that's wonderful advice and a good place to start for our listeners. And any last thoughts you have just about work workplace cultures and our role in them? Well, we have a workplace culture. You know where we work? There's all sorts of things that's going on that contribute mm-hmm. to this place. Yeah, that that's the aha, right? Or we're to going to. Yeah. That we have a workplace culture. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. And that it's not out of reach of how um, it gets formed. And there's not a formula for creating a culture, but we end up there. The combination of the values we hold, practices, how we live out what we do, and the atmosphere we create and how we treat treat each other and behave. And if we start showing up with more energy and showing more interest, we actually structure our systems and our processes in ways that um, move things forward in the direction we want or help us focus or help us be technically accurate or help us be client-centered. And if our values line up with that, that's what we have to be about here is being state-of-the-art or what we have to be about here is being creative and coming up with an 
explosive new idea and everything can be structured around it. Well, and I think as a, as a business, if you are able to articulate your workplace culture, then you may be able to find people in a job search that are more inclined to value those same things. So you are yourself are aware of your culture and are trying to find like-minded people. This and vice versa. Needs, exactly. This needs to become a standard part of every interview is what kind of place is this to work? And the answer, however it's described, is basically a description of the workplace culture. It's the best way to think about it. Well, wonderful, Carl. I certainly have enjoyed this series because now I know, oh my goodness, there's a workplace culture. <laughs> and I hope our listeners will really take some time to think about these three things we've talked about today. Thank you for listening. That's all the time we have today. And check us out on the web at boldenterprises.com. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.